Well, my name is Ryan Nixon, and this is my beautiful bride, Callie, and it's uh, our privilege to get to share with you guys tonight. And so just a little bit about us is uh, I've been on staff for the last seven years, and for the last three and a half years, I've been able to serve uh, with Reengage with this ministry, and it's I mean, it really has been a joy for both of us to be a part of this ministry. But more importantly than that, um, we're Nixon uh, Party of Five. Uh, we got married in 2006. Young, young buck and little doe over there. Um, now we got three kiddos. There they are right there. We have a, a, uh, two girls and a boy, Davey, Evie Lee, and little Ryan. Well, love it. He's much squawkier now than, than he used to be. He, he likes to make his presence known. A lot of people have gone, oh, third baby, does he just fall in line? I'm like, no, he owns us, all of us, mm-hmm. and he knows it. So I don't know if y'all have any like that. He's that for yeah. us. And then tonight, so part of our time, we're going to be sharing a little bit of our story. And the other part is we're going to share some things we've learned. And so you have a handout with some of the things we've learned. And so I'd say just like put it down because otherwise you're reading that. And I think you're going to miss out on some of the color that kind of brings life uh, to these points on here. So tonight we're going to share with you on the topic of forgiveness, and this can be one of the more difficult lessons couples work through as they go through re-engage. We've noticed in our own marriage as well as with others that people kind of tend to get hung up in one of two areas. You're either, you are play the part or are the victim and you may have a difficult time getting to a place where you feel like you can forgive or the other person doesn't deserve your forgiveness or you're the offender um, or you play the role of the offender who struggles with actually practicing true biblical confession and actually asking for forgiveness. And so um, to help illustrate kind of the topic of confession and forgiveness, it's really our, our humble joy to share part of our story with you. I like to emphasize when we share this that this is a, a small piece of our testimony and a lot of it centers on some of the things that, that Ryan has struggled with. And I like to make it abundantly clear that if you had six hours, we could sit here and talk about all my issues as well because two sinful people come into a marriage. But this... Um, this is a part of how God has worked his grace through Ryan's struggles. So, yeah. And so as I think about my life, a good portion of it, I was very prideful and worshiped what other people thought of me. This led me to manage my own reputation, hide my sins and destructive secret habits, and highlight my strengths. Looking good on the outside while knowing that I was living a double life in many ways. David talks about this in Psalm 32, where he says, For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groanings all day long. For, your, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of the summer. And this verse describes a good portion of my life as I battled with the sin of lust, pornography, and masturbation for so many years, which totally robbed me of the abundant life and marriage that God wanted for me. You see, I trusted Christ when I was 11 years old, and a few years later, I was introduced to pornography through some friends and quickly became addicted to the sin of lust and masturbation. Um, This was an addiction that I was consumed with throughout high school and into college. During my senior year of college, I started to experience some form of accountability uh, through a small group of guys that were there. Uh, This was the first time that I'd seen others openly talk about their struggles and failure um, with sin, especially in the area of lust and pornography. It was so freeing to realize that I wasn't alone. But accountability for us was still very vague in its confession, Um, even though it was much better than not sharing at all. 
I found myself and, and others only sharing as much that was needed to feel good about confessing. Um, I used general phrases uh, which looked like, I've been struggling lately or I messed up this past week. Um, this pattern of giving in to the temptation and then giving half-hearted confessions continued after college and into my marriage, um, which brought a lot of guilt and shame to me as well as a lot of pain and hurt to my bride. All of those half-hearted confessions were really me just lying and being deceptive. And this deception was completely out of a worship of myself and a fear of what other people thought of me. Um, Ryan first confided in me about his struggles with lust and pornography about two weeks before we were married. And um, I honestly, in that moment, considered sending and packing. And that is something that um, really pains my heart to this day. This was a man who is coming to me openly in confession to confess his sin. And I responded in, to be honest, just fear and no grace. And um, there was even quite a bit of self-righteousness in there, especially because I myself had only, um, I had just recently experienced full freedom and forgiveness from my own 10-year battle with specifically lust. So if anybody could have empathized or should have empathized, it should have been me. But I was kind of sitting on my high horse of hypocrisy just saying, how hungry, hungrily could I receive God's grace? And yet when the opportunity came for me to turn it around and create a safe place for failure for my husband, I was not doing that. And that idea of a safe place for failure would later become such a banner in our marriage. And, um, you know, as Ryan said, much more than the actual sin of pornography, it was just the, um, the half-truths and the lies that broke my heart and the broken trust and the distrust that that created. It would sometimes um, just take a long time to get the full story he'd share pieces of it and snippets. And I felt alone and had to fight that, that urge that we as daughters of Eve have, where we're just like, I'm going to just control everything. And I'm going to make his sin my responsibility. And I'm going to find ways to make sure that this never happens again. And you know, cuss word, if no one else wants to fight for him, I sure as cuss word will, you know, like that, that was kind of like my, my motto, which is, um, not holy in so many ways, but I had to fight that desire to completely take over anything that would lead him to a poor decision. And it would take time for me to learn that that way of thinking would only bring more pain and hurt to our marriage. And I am not God and I needed to stop trying to be. So um, there were other ramifications, you know, blows to my self-confidence. I've always struggled back and forth with my weight and my identity with what that, what that looks like. And so I just was sure that like, man, if I just looked like her or if I was skinnier, then he wouldn't have a need to go anywhere else. And that is not truth. And God's word clearly speaks against that in Proverbs 31 and all other places over the Bible. But it was a challenge to take myself, my thoughts captive and focus on the discipline of forgiveness with my husband. So four years into our marriage, I was finally worn out and heavy with the weight of my sin and deception on me. I finally cleaned clean and confessed fully to my wife and the couples in our small group about what had been really happening over the past few years. Then I humbly asked um, their forgiveness, not just for the poor choices with pornography, but for my lying and deception in the midst of their accountability. And you guys, they met me with grace compassion and forgiveness, and also loved me with truth and needed next steps for me to heal. Next steps for me looked like boundaries to help me fight and also recovery to get to the heart of my sin struggle. You see, my boundaries included putting major restrictions on my internet access, communicating everything um, with my soon-to-be new boss and IT department, uh, which was here at Watermark a few months later, 
um, and then completely getting rid of my smartphone. Um, and so uh, they still do have dumb phones out there. Um, and one, I, I'm kind of doing like a 30-day technology challenge for different reasons, praise God. Um, but it's still really difficult to text message from these things. And, uh, but they have them. And, uh, and they're just really helpful, especially if this is an area of struggle for you. And so my recovery came through um, a relationship with, uh, sorry, my recovery came through a Christ-centered program here at our church called Regeneration. Through my time in recovery, I was able to fully um, understand God's grace and my identity in Christ and my inability to find victory apart from the help of God's word, God's spirit, and God's people. Um, Since that time, I've continued to experience more and more freedom from the temptations of lust and pornography. And by God's grace, this is not an addiction that defines me anymore, but a temptation that I struggle and fight well against. Once we both realized that the goal was not perfection or never stumbling again, then um, things really began to change when we thought, no, the goal is intimacy and the goal is oneness. Um, The practice of biblical confession in our family has benefited everyone and probably myself the most. The reality is I I sit here before you today in true sincerity, like I could not be more proud of the man that sits beside me. He pursues righteousness. He fights for righteousness. He fights for me and he fights for oneness in our relationship, like very few men that I know. And when I think of him, I think of Hebrews 4.16, which says, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And then even more beautiful is the way that he handles my sinfulness. You know, I um, mentioned earlier about my barrage of sins and some that feel unique as a woman that maybe you like shouldn't struggle in that way because that's only for men. And it has been amazing to me that in those moments with his arms around me and me in full brokenness, him just saying, I forgive you. I love you. You're mine. That is the picture of God's grace. I have known God all my life, but I did not know what true forgiveness was until I felt his arms around me and his lack of judgment and the love in his eyes. And y'all, that's the way that Christ sees us every time that we sin and we repent. He sees us as his beloved. And that is incredible and beautiful. And what a privilege that in marriage, we get to be that picture of Christ for each other. And we aren't always that picture, you know, where I might tell you later this week, there were several times we were probably the opposite of the picture of Jesus Christ wrapping his arms around each other. But um, we get to strive to be that for one another. So over the next few minutes, uh, we're going to talk through some of the things that we've learned about confession and forgiveness. And the Reengage curriculum does a great job in giving you the why behind forgiveness, which is lesson five, and then also practical steps for confessing our sin and asking for and extending forgiveness, which is lesson six. And so we're going to talk through some of the steps in lesson six and spend a little bit more time on some of the areas that are roadblocks for couples moving through this process well. And the idea of confessing your sin to your spouse may seem terrifying. You know, hey, that's, that's water under the bridge. Don't we just want to let dogs lie and all of the other metaphors that you could use when you think about uncomfortable conversation? But um, it's a good question to ask. And so we've got three reasons why we think confession is such a vital part of forgiveness. So the first one is that sin separates us from God and others. Like relationships are always the first casualty of sin. And so... Um, This is one of the reasons why we need to confess. Number two is unconfessed sin keeps us in bondage to it. Uh, When we don't confess sin, it keeps us enslaved to those choices through guilt and shame. 
And then number three, confession is the first step towards freedom and intimacy. True intimacy can only be experienced when we're fully known, accepted, and loved, even in spite of our failures. Proverbs 28, 13 is probably a verse you hear around here a lot, but it says, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. And so guys, your um, addiction, your struggle, your temptation might not be lust or pornography or pride and worshiping what other people think of you, but it's something. And so as we're talking through these steps, I want you to kind of think through, okay, what is it that I find myself going to to try to find life that's not of God? And um, in and, and ways that I try to respond or control or manage or whatever. And, and how does God want me to work through this and experience freedom? And it's not just the big stuff either. Like what Callie was talking about, like we had, I mean, about a month ago, we had a really rough two weeks um, and it wasn't the big things that really put us sideways for two weeks. It was just small things that were kind of piling on top of each other that caused us us to just really be cold towards one another. And so this is what God wants us to do, experiencing freedom through that. And the first one is um, personal inventory. You know, take an inventory of the ways you've hurt, disappointed, or broken trust with your spouse. And they might not even know about it. But take that inventory and pray Psalm 139, 23, and 24, where you ask God, God, search me and show me the sinful ways within me and lead me to everlasting life. The second one is confess to God and ask for his forgiveness. First John 1, 9 assures us that if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, nothing's hidden from him, and he loves us still. For those of you with children, I love it. We, confession is a big deal in the Nixon household, and I love it. Even if I see him do it, or if I know about it, if they come to me anyway and confess, the only thing that washes over my heart is love for them. It's not the how could you. It's like, man, me too. Me too a lot. And so it's a, it's a beautiful thing to be able to confess to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And then step three is we confess to our spouse. Um, Ryan's going to talk a little bit more about this, but I think just as a, an insert, it's also really important to confess to a trusted believer, someone who's in your corner who can know the specific ways you've wronged your spouse um, so that they can kind of hold you accountable to grow in oneness with Jesus and in marriage. This might be someone in your small group or your re-engage leader. Um, James 5.16, again, says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And this is hard. It's going to keep being hard. It doesn't mm -hmm. get easier. Um, but I know and have seen that from, from obedience comes the beautiful righteousness of God. And in obedience, we get to see God work, even when it doesn't feel good. And so... Um, Matthew 6, 21 talks about where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And I love that it says will be because it doesn't mean that every time I ask forgiveness, I'm 150% like, oh, you are right, I am wrong. Sometimes it's just straight obedience. And the beauty of the Lord is that once that obedience comes, he draws your heart around to actually really mean what you're saying most of mm -hmm. the time. Yeah. And so talking about step three, I want to paint a picture with what this should look like. And this is not something that comes natural to us. Um, it's a learned skill. And I did, did it for the wrong way in so many years. And it hindered me from experiencing the freedom from my own just temptations. Um, and then oneness with the Lord and oneness with my bride. And so the first one is just quickly. I want to keep short accounts. Like don't allow um, sin and, and uh, unconfessed sin to linger in the dark. Number two is humbly. And, and what I mean by humbly is that um, you don't want to think, as you come in humility to your spouse or to someone else you've wronged, 
You don't want to think about how would this affect me if someone did this to me, but how does this affect them? I want to understand the hurt and the pain that they're going through so that I can fully own for the way that I've wronged them. Um, because sometimes like, oh, that wouldn't be a big deal for me, but it doesn't matter if it's a big deal for you. It's how did it hurt them that you want to understand. And then when you're confessing, you want to confess um, authentically. Um, you know, being fully honest, not hedging or managing information or justifying or rationalizing or any of the other eens that are out there. You know, just be fully honest in it. Um, and then specifically. And so we want to be specific, not graphic in our confession, especially when it pertains to kind of sexual sin or something like that. And here's what I mean is that being specific keeps us from hiding through vague confessions like I've been struggling this past week or this is really a problem for me or, um, you know, and, and, uh, whatever you kind of fill in the blank. Today or, was hard. Today was hard. You know, you want to be what specific because we don't know what those things mean. A better way is to say, earlier this past week on Monday evening, I looked at inappropriate pictures of women. Um, and so that's specific. It's not graphic, it's specific. Um, and so that's what we want to move towards. And we, we want to share as much as the offended party wants to know, but there's also some wisdom in what you should share and shouldn't share around these kind of graphic um, details. Yeah, there were times in Ryan's confession that I got, I use the word masochistic, where I just am like, just lay it, like, keep telling me, keep telling me all of the bad things and the sad things. And I just wanted to hear more and in a way that was really wasn't healthy for me because graphic details put an image into our hearts that can be a stumbling block or an obstacle or even full prevention from us being able to heal. And so when, when I asked, Ryan did a great job at saying, hey, I am open to sharing that, but would you mind asking someone else that you trust to see if that is really beneficial information for you to know? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, probably... Eight to nine times out of ten, it wasn't something that I needed to know. Um, for me, it was the girls, again, in my community group. Um, for you, you find someone trusted who you can bounce, who is for you all, not just for you, but for you all as a couple who you can bounce off that with. Yeah, and so, I mean, specifically kind of with, with one of those questions was, you know, hey, who, do, who was the person you searched on Google Images? And I just said, I mean, again, that person and going and looking at them yeah. isn't helpful. Um, but I was like, I'll share that with you if that's truly what our community group feels like is best. And that's what we talk about as far as details. But I, I did need to confess, hey, I did a Google image search. You know, and it wasn't nude pictures, but it was inappropriate. And so we want to, you know, find those ways. And if you have questions about it, talk to your leader and, and we'll uh, help you walk through this. Number four is ask forgiveness. Don't just say, I'm sorry. Specifically ask for forgiveness. Honey, will you forgive me for looking at those inappropriate pictures on my computer on Monday night? Or fill in the blank with whatever your sin um, against your spouse is, big or small. Um, and, and ask specifically, will you forgive me? Not I'm sorry, not forgive me, will you forgive me? I just think forgiveness is really amazing. When we are asking forgiveness, it is taking our debt that we owe someone because we've wronged them and putting it in their hands and offering it saying, hey, would you take this debt from me and, and release me from the debt that I owe you? Mm -hmm. um, we joke around in our family that sometimes we'll just say, I'm sorry, and we'll miss out on the part, will you please forgive me? And because we believe that part is so important, mm -hmm. we'll kind of stop and be like, ugh. Baby, you are sorry. sorry. 
you, sorry individual. you are a sorry individual. And that usually goes over super well. So take notes on that part and try don't, it at home. Don't do that <laughs> kind of night, night one. And don't do that on the big <laughs> stuff. You know, it's like, forgot Just, to buy the milk. I'm sorry. You know. You are. Sorry. Okay, step five, grant, granting forgiveness. Um, what are the roles and responsibilities of the victim in the situation? And we want you to know, as a victim who's been wrong, you have an active role. Yeah, so number one, we want to create a safe place. Um, we want to fight against that self-righteousness or that feeling of um, embarrassment. Listen to their confession and humility. And one of the things I try to do is just listen to Ryan's confession with my greatest weaknesses at the forefront of my mind. So I'm listening to his weakness through the lens of my own weakness, not through the lens of my like self-righteousness. And thank them for sharing. Mm-hmm. You know, It's hard to share. And, and also, if you don't feel like, as the offender, that you're in a safe place right now with your spouse, that doesn't leave you off the hook. Go find, go talk to your leader and see if they'd be willing to come with you as you confess to kind of help y'all work through that together. But it's not just, oh, my spouse isn't safe right now. I guess I'm free. No, you bring someone else in to help you walk through it. And number two is actually extend that grace and forgiveness. Um, even if there's going to be different levels of pain and hurt depending on the offense. But that doesn't mean you can't talk through your hurt afterwards, but it does mean we, we are called to be obedient and forgive. Forgiveness for a believing person in Jesus Christ is not a choice. It is, it is an obedience to forgive. And so the third one is be on the same team against this sin. There is an enemy out there. The enemy is not your spouse. First Peter 5, 8 talks about our enemy, the devil who prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He is after our marriages, y'all. Um, we will say there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Trust is like a wall. It's not rebuilt overnight. It takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, so there... There, it's okay that you can forgive and then slowly rebuild trust. So guys, um, our hope for you is that either this is something that you'll continue to do in a way that brings more health to your marriage or something that you begin to do to start taking steps towards that health that God wants for you. And so wherever you are, whether there's things you've confessed that you need to confess more of or there's unconfessed sin, whatever it is, take that first step. And also, if you've been caught and you kind of lost that opportunity to confess before you got caught, that's okay. These practical steps are still the way we need to take to move towards healing. Proverbs 4.18 says, the path of the righteous is like the first light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full light of day. And so Mm -hmm. even though marriage is hard and even though you will never be until Jesus comes, two beings living perfectly together, the sun is rising on our marriages. And as you walk in obedience, you're going to see that even though it may seem dark right now. The birds that know the light is coming are the ones that sing the loudest in the darkness. And so you guys can do this. And we're so grateful that you gave us your time here tonight. We serve a God who makes dead things alive again. Mm-hmm. And he is doing that and will continue to do that in your marriages. So we love you all so much. Thank you for letting us come and yeah. cheer.